Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Well, last week we looked at the life of Joseph and we we looked at how he handled the adversity that had come into his life. And so what I would like to do is follow up with today looking at what made the difference in Joseph's life, the, the character trait that caused him to be the man that he was. And that character trait is integrity. Now, Webster defines integrity as a firm adherence to a code of moral values. And one of the synonyms that it uses is incorruptibility. Now, notice that it is a code of moral values. It's not just one or two things. Uh, to, To have integrity, you can't just always tell the truth. That is, that's just a part of being a, a person of integrity. There, there's a whole framework of attributes and traits that come together to, to cause a person to have integrity. To have integrity is to be consistent and predictably honest in, in, in all of your dealings, in all of your relationships. And let me say, you know, it goes without saying, but let me say that God's people are to be people of integrity. You know, oftentimes we judge our, our lives based on what we do. We'll say, well, I always tell the truth and, and, and good you should. But it's also what we haven't done that we need to be careful about. James 4:17 says remember it is sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. So I believe that we as Christians uh, this is an area where we really fail and where we really struggle because we're we're negligent in a lot of things that we shouldn't be negligent in. How are you at praying for your family? How are you at instilling godly values into your children and your grandchildren? You know, how are you at spending time with the Lord every day, studying the Bible, seeking to grow in your relationship with Him? Because when we are negligent in our responsibilities, it doesn't just hurt us personally but it also hurts the people around us because we're not becoming who we're supposed to be. It affects those around us. Negligence kills integrity. And so my, my question to begin with that I would ask of you is what areas in your life have you been neglecting? You know, decide today, right here and now, of those areas that you've neglected, that you, you have fallen short of, those areas of sin that you have in your life, make the decision today that no longer will you neglect those areas. You know, I think we, when we look at, at Joseph's life, um, one of the things that 
I was real harsh. Well, I wasn't real harsh. I was critical of Joseph last week from the standpoint that he, he came across as arrogant, especially in his, his younger years. And he seemed to have some, some trouble in relating with other people. But could it be that he was so into being a person of integrity that he just spoke truth. And even when he was speaking truth, he didn't mince words and he didn't, um, he didn't soften the blow of what he had to say. So when he was talking to his brothers about the fact that they would be bowing down to him one day, he could have maybe been a little more politically correct in how he said it. But the reality was, was he just told them the truth and they didn't like hearing the truth. Integrity is a high moral framework that we must base our life on. You know, and again, we, we have to be careful that we don't compromise this. You know, we as the people who claim to be followers of Christ, we need to be different than everybody else. And the, the, the thing that me, needs to be different about us is we are to be people beyond reproach. When the world looks at people who claim to be followers of Christ, they need to see integrity throughout. And, and that's something that, that is missing too often in the church. Daniel was another person who, an individual who was known for his integrity. In, Jan, in Daniel chapter 6, the Bible says that the enemies of Daniel searched diligently to try to find something that they could use against Daniel, but they found no corruption. And my, my question that, that pops up for us is, what about us? If someone were searching diligently in our life, would they be able to say, I can't find anything corrupt about you? That's, that's what needs to be said about us. A person of integrity has the blessing of God because God is a God of integrity. So for us to have integrity, what we are doing is we are displaying a godly character. And, and so it's a, it's a noble thing for us to be known as people of integrity. It means to be willing to do what's right, even if it costs you. It means doing what it's right, even if nobody sees you doing it. It's being consistent all the time. Proverbs 11.3 says, if you do the right thing, Honesty will be your guide, but if you are crooked, you will be trapped by your own dishonesty. In a day and age when morals are, are certainly non-existent so too often, the call for Christians to live with integrity is a critical challenge that we have to step up to. It requires the willingness to be, to stand alone. But the, here's the thing. When we stand with integrity, we will never stand alone because God will stand with us. 
And God will always stand with anyone who has integrity. And God sees integrity, and he will bless the person who lives a life of integrity. The Bible has an awful lot to say about integrity. There's, there's no way we're going to even come close to, to looking at all of the verses uh, in it today. And, and so I just picked a few that, that I want to focus in on. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 17, it says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their deviousness. And then Proverbs 13.6, righteousness guards the man of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. <clears throat> In these passages, God is contrasting integrity with being dishonest, with being crooked, being unfaithful, being wicked. And, and having a life of deceit. And, and so again, my, my question that we have to keep asking ourselves is, are you a person of integrity or are you a person of deceit? Now, the Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, they interpret the word that we use for integrity a lot of different ways. Um, in, incorruptibility, completeness, whole, sound, without blemish, unimpaired, innocent, full or unreserved submission, entirely in accord with truth. Uh, the list goes on and on. But it, one, of the, one of the main ways that they interpret it is the word blameless and upright. Don't you want to be known as a person who is blameless and upright? That... that those are words that, that should just be automatic. If someone were to, say, describe you, blameless and upright should, should just naturally fall into, into our description. In Genesis 39, Joseph is, is a man of integrity, and he refused to compromise, even though it would have been easy to compromise you know, the, the argument could, been, could be made that he could have compromised with Potiphar's wife and nobody would have really known or cared. But Joseph held to a standard that he would not compromise on. And beginning with verse 6, it says, Potiphar left everything up to Joseph. And with Joseph... There, the only decision Potiphar had to make was what he wanted to eat. Joseph was well-built and handsome, and Potiphar's wife soon noticed him. She asked him to make love to her, but he refused and said, My master isn't worried about anything in his house because he has placed me in charge of everything he owns. No one is my ma in my master's house is more important than I am. The only thing he hasn't given me is you." And that's because you are his wife. I won't sin against God by doing such a terrible thing as this. Now, Joseph is in a, in a position where everything is, is available to him except Potiphar's wife. And it's, it's wonderful to read that he wouldn't even, even for a moment's hesitation, 
Consider abusing that trust. Verse 10 goes on and says, She kept begging Joseph day after day, but he refused to do what she wanted to do or even go near her. Now, my question for us is, how are you like or unlike Joseph? What are your limits? You know, there's the old saying that everybody has their price. Is there a voice that calls out to you day after day to compromise your character? You know, these are questions that only you can answer, but we need to, we need to understand that we don't have a price. Just like Joseph, he was unwilling, to, regardless of the consequences, he was unwilling to compromise Oh, the verses that I'm giving you this morning, what I'm hoping you will do is use them like a measuring stick that you will, you will look at them and say, all right, how do I measure up based on what this verse is saying? For instance, Proverbs 10, 9 says, you will be safe if you always do right, but you will get caught if you are dishonest. Mark Twain said it this way, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. And I think that that's a, a, a good practical way of, of looking at it and understanding. An honest person is secure, but a person who, who is dishonest is always having to watch their back, always having to, to, to judge what they said and how, who they said what to and, and all of those things. And eventually they're going to be caught. What's the other old saying? A little bird never flies so far that his tail doesn't follow him. You know, again, that, just that mindset that it doesn't matter what you do, it's going to be found out. I, I talked to a guy once, and he was talking about when he was a teenager, what he would do in town would beat him home. You know, he, he'd go out and play around with his friends. And by the time he got home at night, his parents already knew about it. Um, you know, we need to understand this. Uh, Numbers 32 verse 23 says, your sin will find you out. And we need to, we need to remember that and understand that when we stand for a life of integrity, when we when we are unwilling to compromise in our, our life and in our lifestyle, then we're going to be in right standing with God. In contrast, a person who, who doesn't have integrity is constantly going to have to worry about uh, what, what's going to happen and, and what the consequences of, of their life is going to lead to. Proverbs 11.3, I've already read it once, but I want to read again. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. Integrity here refers to moral completeness, being a, a completely consistent person, being without moral blemish or shortcoming. Integrity needs to be a way of life. And when it becomes our way of life, it becomes like a shepherd guiding us. In the 23rd Psalm, it says that we are led by in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God becomes our shepherd when we are living a life of integrity, of moral completeness. 
our, our integrity becomes the guidelines which frame how we live our lives. Crookedness is just the, is contrasted just the opposite. It, it, it's what brings destruction. It, it's what, what brings us to downfall. You know, the word crookedness is translated as being deceitful or perverted or subversive. Again, my, my intention by looking at these different verses is just to help us hold a mirror up to our own lives. And because when we, we look in the Bible at so many different um, definitions of, of wholeness and, and integrity, what we do is we begin to see different aspects of it. And we look at that compared to ourselves, and hopefully begin to recognize areas where maybe we're falling short that we need to, to correct it. Proverbs 11.5 teaches that integrity keeps us on the straight path. It says the righteousness, the righteousness of the blameless will smooth his way, but the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. Righteous living results in straight living, in, in a path that has less pitfalls in it, a life with fewer obstacles and fewer troubles. But wickedness, on the other hand, trips us up. It causes us to stumble. Proverbs 11.20 contrasts how God looks at the, the life of the blameless, the life of the, the, the righteous versus those who don't live that way. It says, the Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. The Lord hates dishonest attitudes and actions. Now consider your own life. Is there anything about your life that God would find to hate? You know, uh, that's, that's an honest question that, that we need to ask ourselves because, again, we can fool ourselves, and that's, that's the problem of, of this type of lifestyle is a person who is dishonest and, and, and crooked in the way they live their life, what ends up happening is they begin to lie to themselves and say, what I'm doing is not that bad. What I'm doing isn't any different than what anyone else is doing. And, and we get into this mindset that somehow it's acceptable. But from God's standpoint, it's not acceptable. The Lord hates dishonest attitudes and actions. But he takes delight in those who are morally or blameless, morally honest or, or blameless. And truthfully, wouldn't you rather have someone be honest with you? Uh, you know, um, if I'm messing up or someone is upset with me, I want them to come and talk to me and say, hey, this is something you're doing that I dis dislike, that I disagree with. And I'd much rather have that than have someone have something against me and allow it to simmer until it becomes a major problem. If everybody is seeking to do what's best for the other person, then that's what biblical love is, where you come to someone and say, listen, 
I love you too much to let this be a problem. I'm letting you know I have this issue with you. Let's get this figured out. Let's sort this out together. That's the way it's supposed to work. And, and again, personally, that's the way I would prefer. Proverbs 13.6 indicates righteous living guards a person who has integrity. It says godliness guards the path of the blameless, but the evil are misled by sin. You know, again, righteousness, wise living guards and protects a person. A wise, a wise person is going to be an honest, godly person, and they're going to walk with integrity, and it's going to protect them as they go. Again, I'm, I'm trying to contrast these two different lifestyles, a life of integrity and non-integrity, and, and to point out that God favors and protects integrity, and he opposes anything else. This is important. God hates sin, and anything short of a life of integrity is sin. When it comes to integrity, pretty good is not good enough. Uh, you know, the, we, we live in this society where it's like, yeah, that, that's good enough. You know, what's the old joke? It's good enough for government work. Um, the, that doesn't apply to a life of integrity. We, over and over and over, the Bible instructs us to not compromise. We must live a life that is perfect. Perfect. That's, that's what we're called to. Proverbs 27 refers to what happens, though, when we live a life where we are seeking to walk with, with this attitude of, of perfection, of doing what is right. It says, a righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. Why? Because usually a righteous person who consistently lives a blameless life are going to have children who look at him and her and say, I like what I see. I like the way they treat me. I like the, the life that I see being lived out before me. The, the children seeing the example of integrity will then themselves live a life of, of integrity. There's the old saying, cheaters never win and winners never cheat. Well, we live in a world that doesn't believe that anymore. But let me assure you that God honors and protects upright living. Proverbs 28.10 says, those who lead good people along an evil path will fall into their own trap, but the honest will inherit good things. You see, God always wins. And when we live by his values, we win. And it may seem at times like evil has the upper hand in, in our society, but God will never be defeated. Proverbs 28, 18 reveals the difference that results from a life of integrity. He who walks blameless will be delivered, but he who is crooked will fall all at once. You see, a blameless life brings safety and salvation, 
but a person who is always hypocritical in the way they live. When, when a person is living a two-faced life where they publicly look one way and privately they, they are completely different, those people are doomed to fall. Again, the Bible over and over speaks about the, the, the demise of people who live hypocritically. The crooked may seem to have all of the advantages. You know, you, you watch the news and it just seems like, how is it that all of these people that are, are clearly corrupt are, seem to be successful? But understand that their riches and their power are just a thin veil and it's, it's no protection at all from God. Those who walk with the presence of God and who walk in light of his word are going to find sanctification and they're going to find an eternal reward. The walk of, a deli of deliberate integrity is what delivers a, a person in life. And to seek the things of the world, the, the wisdom of the world, and the, the values of the world is fool's gold. There, there is no, no value in it. it. Only God's path will lead to God's mercy and God's grace. And so what we need to do is align our lives to God's word. And we need to live by God's word regardless of the cost. It, and what will happen is we will have experience God's presence in our life, God's joy in our life. We will have deeper, meaningful relationships with others who are walking that same path. And that this is the only way to have integrity is to walk blameless before God. Let's, let's close in prayer. Father, we need you. This is a difficult time in our society. It is a difficult time to call you Lord because more and more our society wants nothing to do with you. So, Father, it is more important than ever that we live lives of integrity, that we live lives that are morally blameless, that we live lives that honor and glorify you first and foremost. Father, please help us to make the commitment to do that, that we will not compromise with the world. We will not compromise in our values, that we will seek to walk with you and you alone. Father, I pray for each person in this room. I ask that your Holy Spirit would just minister to them and help them to honestly examine their lives before you. And Lord, each of us have areas where we struggle, where we're dealing with problems and difficulties. Please help us, Father, to be people of integrity to make the right decisions and do what is right in your sight. Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that 
we know that when we stand for what is right and truthful, you will be with us every step of the way. And that is my prayer today, that you will help each of us to be willing to stand for what is right in your eyes and that we do it for your honor and your glory. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.